1: Uh, Hey, I just, I thought before we started recording, Mm -hmm. we'd just kind of discuss a game plan. So we're talking about cloud gaming today. Okay, great. Um, And I just want to make sure I'm not not overlapping with anyone else. But I figured I'd talk about, um, you know, Lakitu and kind of like how he's been like both a villain, uh, you know, an antagonist for Mario and Super Mario Brothers. But then he's like kind of helping Mario out in Super Mario 64 by operating the camera and rescuing him in Super Mario Kart. So it's just kind of like the shifting. Yeah. uh, That's not.
2: That's not what we're. You fucked up.
3: Yeah, we're talking
2: about cloud gaming. You idiot!
3: How 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 could you hear cloud gaming and leap all the way to a a cloud in a game?
1: Oh, I I thought. uh, I thought thought because he flies around a little cloud. Yeah, you thought, but you thought wrong. You dipshit! It's not cloud gaming. Uh, Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm I'm on the phone
3: with your parents, and they are disappointed in you.
2: Yeah. Oh, and they didn't even know about this part. They're They're gonna. They're gonna.
1: Oh my god! They're have gonna a be the right act.
2: But uh, while we're here going over notes, I have uh, some notes in front of me as well. Um, I'm gonna be coming in and talking about uh, Final Fantasy VII and Cloud Strife and how he, uh, you know, was a soldier, uh, a Shinra soldier, and uh, is gonna. Be, he has like friends.
1: Um, Barrett, stop! Unbelievable! Huh? Un fucking Fucking stop! Fucking idiot! You just fucking yelled at me when you're gonna what? be even fucking dumber. Say the stupidest fucking shit I've ever heard in my goddamn life.
2: What? It's Cloud. His name is Cloud. That's, your, man, that's you play not what him. we're
1: talking about, you fucking idiot.
2: Cloud gaming. Cloud
3: gaming. Cloud we're talking gaming. About gaming. Cloud games. Ah, not cloud I, no. in a game. Not no. cloud in a game.
1: I Cloud I, games. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah, Just I jumped up. into a pile of shit with both feet.
3: Yeah. And then fucking you rolled man. around in leaves and you went to the mall. I'll tell you what we're talking about. We're talking about Cloud, the 2005 puzzle video game from the makers of Flow, Flower, and Journey. Cloud. We're talking about Cloud the game. It's a game, a game where you play as like a boy who flies in the sky and like interacts with clouds. Cloud, the game.
2: G-
1: God the game it, is Heather. called Cloud. Heather. What? You're what? somehow the stupidest of all. I can't fucking believe how cartoonishly dumb you are. Is that true? Yeah, it's like you got your fucking both hands stuck in a pickle jar right now. That's what's going on.
3: You know what I would do (laughs) if I had both hands stuck in a pickle jar? The same thing I'm doing right now. Shitting my pants and talking (laughs) to you guys.
1: (laughs) We battle enemies and also battle spotty Wi-Fi as we discuss all things cloud gaming this week on Get Played.
3: Get Played, your one-stop show for good games, bad games, and every game in between. It's time to get played. I'm your host, Heather Ann Campbell, along with my fellow host,
1: Nick Weiger. Hey, it's me, Nick Weiger. I'm here with our third host, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone.
3: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the premiere video game podcast where, I don't know, if it's your first episode, here's a little onboarding. We used to be a podcast where we would uh, masochistically expose ourselves to the worst video games of all time. But that was a long time ago. Now we're just a podcast where three friends talk about the latest and greatest or not greatest or literally anything we want to talk about in video games with a, with a strong undercurrent of Fortnite. And yeah. uh, that's the show.
2: <laughs> if, it's, if it's under the umbrella of video games, we're talking about it if it's like yeah. a movie, yeah, video game yeah. song or something. We might t- we to yeah. I don't know. We haven't done video game food really. We could do that, but that's sort of maybe a uh, stepping on the toes of some other
3: Well, some other if podcasts. I may, hmm. we I have an we to. have an outstanding invitation. Yes. Which is having you two over while I cook from one of the many video game cookbooks that I yes. own. The official licensed Street Fighter cookbook, uh God of War cookbook or the unlicensed Legend of Zelda cookbook. Boy. So, uh maybe time- maybe sometime this spring you know i i have you guys over for uh for for some video game cooking
1: uh i just i i'm down i'm down for that it's a lovely invitation i do have one precondition uh which is that we don't play the virtual boy again yeah yeah um
2: <laughs> i would like to
1: um just eat the food, if that's okay. Yeah, if you could keep the virtual boy, like, just in a box it, in your garage. Maybe you, it you, you seems, could have it set up and we could shoot it, but... um
3: <laughs> It seems like an opportunity, though, to maybe uh, play the Apple Vision Pro. Uh,
2: oh, sure.
3: So maybe, maybe. i around with
2: that. If you make us yeah, compare and contrast, though, I'm going
1: to be mad. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, all right, try, try this. Now try this. Yeah. <laughs> Which one makes you feel sick?
1: Yeah, yeah. Does the Apple Vision Pro require me uh, resting my chin on a stack of books? Uh, yeah. If not, and <laughs> I'm, I'm probably going to like that one more. The Apple Vision Pro makes, I think it's going to make my face feel hot. Yeah.
2: But I, I am interested in, in in checking it out. That's I heard it it, I heard
3: a cool demo about it. And by the time this episode comes out, I will have pre-ordered my Apple Vision Pro and I'm really wow. excited about it. I am going to sell a computer in order to afford
2: it. That's a but, good call.
3: But hey, no, but because it works as a monitor.
2: Oh, yes. So I
3: can sell a computer and still write with it. I, wow. I am strapping myself. I'm like fully committing to a VR future, like a VR AR future for this. Yeah. But I can sell my, I can sell my laptop and then use it as a, a, a secondary monitor right wherever I am. I did hear about a demo and I'm really excited to share it with you guys. They're, they're remaking or they're, they're making special documentaries under the Apple TV plus like umbrella. So like prehistoric, uh, prehistoric world or whatever the fuck it's called. The one with the dinosaurs, Jurassic prehistoric Mart. planet. You watch it in Apple vision pro <laughs> and the fucking dinosaurs walk out of the screen and like walk around you.
2: Wow. Um,
3: or like, there's like bugs and stuff that because it's like can tell where your hands are the bugs will come and like land on your hand
2: but see that's the stuff that i'm like i'm convinced that then if you die in there you die for real like they shouldn't be able to i shouldn't be able to touch the bugs
1: (laughs) yeah some of the stuff is like a little bit unsettling and i also just go going back to what you're saying about writing with this thing because I have yeah. an Oculus, and I am, I am sure the Apple Vision Pro is much—you know—I don't know what the resolution higher is, fidelity, but I'm sure it's much yes. better. I'm sure it's higher fidelity, but I cannot imagine like reading a PDF with my Oculus, headset. Like that feels like that's just going to like make me a, as dizzy as being on a merry-go-round, you know? And like, I, so the idea of like using well, how that for big—are writing... you
3: making the PDF in your in your because you control the size? It sounds to me like you've made it like. 300 feet across and 20 feet stories tall. Yeah, yeah
2: it you has little... to run to get to the end of every word. <laughs> Things gotta be say? oversized. Yeah. That's,
1: a, that's the whole point. Yeah. You um, look, look, like look like an IMAX I swear to God, if
3: I have you guys over and I cook some video game meals and I'm like, hey, try out the, auto, the Apple Vision Pro, and you immediately start auto jacking, I will be <laughs> I guess I'll just be like, nah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> I
1: didn't even buy the auto jack upgrade. Yeah. Where, where'd that come from? Nick had it pre-installed yeah. in his OS. <laughs> Part of my cyberware. Yeah. Uh hey, speaking of the the podcast and kind of things that uh, you know, like 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 uh, formats and and logistical concerns. Uh, we haven't talked about what we are doing with with our we play you play, which is yeah uh, for for anyone new to this, every month. Or we have been playing through one game and de- dedicating an entire episode, the final episode each of each month, to discussing that game at length. Uh, I think what we're doing, we have not set this in stone, but I think what we're going to do is to make that more sustainable and also to make sure that the games that we uh you know give this this sort of designation get the Attention that they deserve, especially a, a meteor longer game. Um, it, it's better if we really invest some time, and I think we're going to go to bi monthly with that format. So we're we're not going to do one this month. I think our next one will be at the end of February. I don't that that feels like the plan. Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, the uh, assumption I was operating under yeah. as, as well. Yeah, yeah.
3: Just the the podcast goal is to move further and further away from playing video games.
2: Yeah, it's and, we're and just going to more... talk about the ones we like, <laughs> yeah, right? Because people like that. We're yeah. gonna talk about them, but like we'll still talk about a game at length. I think there'll be times when we'll maybe not have you know devoted fifty hours to playing a game in a month, but we could still always talk we can always we always talk about yeah, we games. can always
1: do an episode about a game, and we can always yeah. talk about things that we're playing, you know currently, yes, uh, but you know, also we should talk about how last week. We did our our own personal top ten games of all time. Yes, and we committed to those on the podcast, and we asked our listeners to chime in with theirs in our Discord server, and a lot of people did. I mean, I, I read, I felt like I, I was reading through dozens of top ten lists. Yeah, and like more I than said in the Discord, it was like I, I, yeah.
3: I think it was more than a hundred top ten lists. It was great.
1: I mean, to be pedantic, that could still be dozens.
3: Did you enjoy that? Like why would you say that? I Unless did enjoy you, it a little bit. Did you you, you Like if it was like
1: 144. Pleasure? Yeah, That's 12 That's dozen. 12 dozens. Still qualifies.
3: Sure, dude. Whatever. Whatever you want, <laughs> man.
1: Uh, the <laughs> the but anyway, what I was going to say is I, I read through I read through over 100 top 10 lists no, in the Discord tens. server.
3: Just say 10s. I read
1: through 10s. I read through several. Yeah. Ones of several. Yeah. <laughs> on the on the Discord and I was just like, like, oh yeah, that game. Oh yeah, that game. Like, like repeatedly, like someone had, Tur- a few people had Turtles in Time oh, on, yeah. on their top 10 list. And yeah. I was like, that I didn't say on the podcast, but when I whittled it down to my, or when I just made a list of like 73 or 76 of them around, it was like games that I could think of that would could potentially qualify. That was on that list. And so to see people had like committed to putting in their top 10, I was like, oh, that rocks. I love that. I a couple of days after recording the
2: episode, I think maybe listening back to it, yeah, uh, I had I felt a, like a wave of regret. Yeah,
1: I think it's, I think it's inevitable. I definitely was like, mm, I, sh- yeah. I could have done that. I should have done that. I forgot that game. I could have given more attention to this game. Yeah. you know, because I somehow
2: forgot about the game inside completely. Great game, and I think that would be in the top ten. If you, but like the, it, it, probably in that tenth spot. Like that's the thing. So like it could have been anything in that tenth spot, really. But um, but. So many people did share their, um, their top 10s on the Discord, and one of our listeners and Discord user named Majawa on our Discord compiled all the data and uh, compiled all that data and made a ranked list of all the games mentioned in everyone's top 10s. And I thought that was so interesting and so cool, and I would like to share the top 10 games ranked according to the Discord. And this wow. is based on how many times each one was number one. Uh, or, you know, where how many times they were ranked or, what, or, you know, I don't know actually how he did the data, but it seemed like it was really complicated and he so, seems like a really smart person. Some numbers were crunched. Numbers were crunched, and all I did was look at it and copy and paste. So here we go. This is number 10. Tears of the Kingdom. Mm. Nine. Breath of the Wild. Sure. Eight. Elden Ring. No surprise there. Seven. Persona 5. Love that. Six, Red Dead Redemption Two. Wow, and now I believe these are tied for fourth. Okay, Ocarina of Time and Baldur's Gate Three. Wow, three, Hades, two, Chrono Trigger, and number one with the most votes, Disco Elysium.
1: I would say our listenership has impeccable taste.
2: Yes, really good what a list taste. that is. Really, what some really great games, and this doesn't reflect the months after we did the Disco Elysium episode, where people would say, "All I talk about is Disco Elysium." Interesting. (laughs) Seems like, (laughs) seems like actually, people really like that game. (laughs) Yeah, weird, huh?
3: Huh? Yeah, I like. I like the idea that Ocarina of Time and Elden Ring are kind of the same game. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, not, they're both I, placed exactly the same on the list, but also, like...
2: Actually, cons- Baldur's Gate 3 and uh, Ocarina
1: of Time in, in the same spot.
3: Oh, never mind then.
1: But Elden Ring is al- is also on the list, so it's like, yes. I no, think you're... I, fourth- I
3: misheard. I misheard, yeah. and now now I'm just... You know what? Be pedantic with me. Just fucking throw me in a well.
1: <laughs> well, the other thing I was going to say is... The you know, what what to your point, like that's that's the thing. And I I had the, you know, OG Legend of Zelda, the Famicom NES Legend of Zelda on my personal list. That game kind of just is you know, people made this point when Breath of the Wild came out, but that game just is Breath of the Wild. That is just Elden Ring. It's just the the prototype, you know, 2D top down version of it. It's yes. the same sort of principle. The idea that there's this big, vast world that you can kind of explore, you know, at your leisure, but certain parts of it are uh you have to uh, uh you you have to achieve certain things to access certain parts of it and you can get to places where you're completely overwhelmed and uh the enemies are overpowering you very early on if you like so you know that 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 approach is, has existed in gaming for a long time but yeah i think that's a great list i think also that at least our active discord users seem to have a lot of fondness for rpgs a lot yes. of our rpgs are heavily represented in that list big time big
2: time and uh thanks thanks majawa for uh uh, for compiling that data. Very interesting. I love data. Y'all love yeah. data? Yeah, I, I love, love data. data.
3: I love metrics.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Metrics are really interesting, too.
1: I like to look at a graph. Big, big graph fan. I love graphs. What is, what is, you know, upgrading your character over the course of a campaign uh, beyond making some numbers go up? Ooh. It's basically data. It's, it is in many ways it is actually because it is it's just data you're evaluating the data such as the amount of health that my character has the amount of damage it can do versus other data sets like you know what resistances an enemy has and uh, what attacks they're capable of mm-hmm. and what reward you will get for defeating them and how that will affect uh your character's uh inherent stats all that is it's just data it's all just
2: data and it's And you know what's interesting, too? It takes data to make the data as well. Like,
1: it takes data to make the data. That's an interesting point. You have to, it's like a different type of data. Yeah. You use data to make something where you can simulate data. Heather, what do you think about that?
3: (laughs) I I feel like you guys are doing something, and I don't understand what it is. (laughs) Like, you're just saying the word data over and over again, but I don't know what that, like, what is that? Is that like a thing that you're doing?
1: Yeah, I'd say it's a thing we're doing. It's, okay, great. It,
2: could could uh, then, we say what it is? I don't think so. Okay, but I think I think we'll look back on it someday and consider it data.
3: I want to say thank you to the Discord and yeah, that, there's no edit there. I just immediately hard shifted. <laughs> uh, I want to say thank you to the Discord because they gave the the battle bus. As I said at the top, there, there's a strong undercurrent of Fortnite in this podcast. It's because I play Fortnite every day. Love the game. And yeah. um, uh, the Discord Battle Bus, which is our, our, our subgroup on the Discord who plays Fortnite uh, as a community. Uh, not only did we recently do a private server event where it was only Get Played listeners, and that was so much fun. It is wow. a blast to be able to hear the entire island all at the same time on the same channel. Like that's not an opportunity that you get in a normal Fortnite game, but also they sent me a get well gift, and um, it is a bunch of uh, Fortnite goods, and it made me really emotional. And I just want to really say thank you to every whoever it was that organized that. It was really kind. Wow. Matt Matt Apodaca finally uh, brought it over to my house, and um, there's some sweatshirts. There's a Nerf. There's a pair of Nerf Fortnite guns, which I guess I'm just gonna like. Uh, like carry around my house.
2: <laughs> I think I think California is an open carry for Nerf only, actually. So I think you're fine. I think you're okay. okay. I think you can take that most places.
3: <clears throat> and there's a there's a couple of um, oh, what do you call those guys? Those little guys with the big heads and the big and the big uh, eyes. Func- Funko Pops. Funko Pops. That's it. There's a couple of Funko Pops, and anyway, it was really it was really really kind. Uh, and I just wanted to say thank you here on the podcast, which. I don't even know if you guys listen to anymore. Like you might just have found Fortnite and you're done. You might just be. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> that might be your, your primary community. Um, but yeah, it's really great. And I also want to say thanks to Matt Apodaca for getting me a, a ditto rubbish.
2: Hey. Some, no, I, I can't take credit. I truly can't take credit for that. Somebody that did send that in uh, uh, months and months ago. Maybe upwards of one year ago somebody sent that. And I've just what? held on to it because I hadn't seen you in a while. I had nothing to do with it. I would love to take credit for it, but that I, was a, I can't. That was a
3: gift from a listener and I don't even yes.
2: know. We talked, yeah, it, it, I wish I had the, the note. Uh, I bet you I have the note somewhere in my uh, garage. It was sitting Jesus. in a box in my garage. Yeah, yeah. Oh my it was, God. I read it on the air. I read it on, we talked about it on the show Yes, uh, um, at some well, point. my
3: memory's shot, so I don't remember this. And I'm yeah. saying thank you as if it's a brand new thing that happened to me.
2: <laughs> it's brand new to you in that I, um, now I, you have it. You didn't get to have it when I opened it in studio because you were on Zoom when we were in the old studio. It's specifically right. a ditto trubbish. Yes. Yeah, that's it's cool. a ditto
3: trubbish that's reversible. So you can be a ditto or a trubbish.
2: Wow. It's pretty, it's pretty fun. Great. That's a lot it's of fun. Super fun. fun. Um,
3: And then I got this third item that I'm apparently not supposed to shout out, but it's really cool. Yeah. And that's it.
1: (laughs) So like a mysterious cube that Uh, everyone's searching for?
3: No. I think you could say the
1: artifact. I can say what it is. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, I got a a, a KV8A D10 Sony Black Triniton CRT from a listener. And I love CRTs. Uh, so this was, it's a tiny, tiny, tiny little Sony. So like now I have the option of having two different, uh, game systems hooked up simultaneously in my, uh, in my hole where I live. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. Um, but I'm really excited cause I love, I love a Triniton, Trinitron. I love a Sony. I love a CRT. This was really great. Thank you so much. Someone kind gifted a listener you a CRT. Who
2: will yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Um and for it's new really listeners, amazing. uh Heather calls her garage her hole. Uh I just figured I'd clear that out.
3: Those up are separate locations, case. man. What? There's the garage. It's more,
1: yeah. Yes.
3: And then there's my hole.
1: The hole is your your like your stash. Yeah, it houses your retro gaming collection. Your, your goods.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Different books. Both
1: physical
2: and abstract. Yes. Yes. Also, When I did go to, um, when I dropped that stuff off at Heather's yesterday, I got to go in the garage and Heather turned on the lights with the voice command. And as soon as I went home, I started looking up um, smart home stuff. I was like, I have to do this. I was like, this is, I'm living in the fucking dark ages. This is bullshit.
1: If I'm going to do that, I just want the full minority report where I just say I'm home, and then the lights come on and classical music starts yeah. playing. But and you then can a do that. Wooden red ball comes out, and yeah. you're a murderer. Yeah, <laughs> you can.
2: Not only can 3D you, you do
1: that with my dead son, yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: Nick. You can do that with yeah. existing technology and it's proximity based, so you don't even have to say anything.
1: So you mm. can set
3: it up so that when you enter, it's already it it turns on the lights based on the time of day. Like you can do all that shit now.
1: I want to say
2: I'm home.
3: Okay, you can say that.
2: You wanna say it though like like Ricky Ricardo,
1: kind of. <laughs> well, I'd, I don't know if I'd do that voice. No, you
2: wanna say it and you wanna do the voice exactly. You totally would not do that. He said, I'm going full Ricardo. <laughs>
1: uh anyway, th- thanks again to everyone who chimed in with their uh, uh with their with their best of lists. Uh and thanks to Majawa for for however you say your username. Thank yes. you for Perhaps it's a Majora's Mask reference, another game I weighed putting on my own list. Uh, but, but 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 thank you uh, for compiling all that, because that was really uh, that was really fun to read.
0: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills.
2: There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need.
0: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
2: Guys, I'm excited to talk about uh, what we're going to talk about this week. But I'm doing this. Is this crazy of me? No, this is great. I love this. I think we, we should spend a little time talking about games we're playing right now, so I'll ask the question, guys, what are we playing? What are we playing? Hi, I'm the Resident Evil merchant, and I'm here to ask you one question. What are you playing? Are you teaming that up to anyone in particular? Yeah, are you, How's and also, how's it going? Yeah, are you all right? I'm fine. Uh, did you hear that Resident Evil 10, or Resident Evil 4, made it into my 10th spot on my I best did hub? hear that.
3: I did yeah. hear that. I want to say... Thank you very much Matt for putting yeah, you're me welcome. in
2: your uh mind palace. Hey, yeah, you got it. Yeah. I think I was the only one on the show that put it there
1: but Yeah, and you had the you specified you specified the remaster, right? That was the Resident Evil 4 version you like. Why would you
2: do that? I, well, here's the thing. Why would you I do that? I put the
1: property. I
2: put the Resident Evil 4 as a property. It could be any version. Yeah. I probably would reach for the remaster because it plays cleaner, and I just have the newer hardware. Yeah. I'm not going to dig out my PS2 to play the- Just gonna generally Technically better all around cube, but yeah. I'll
3: let it slide.
2: Yeah. Uh, I played it on- Well, there was yes. a PS2
1: version. Yeah, I played it on Yeah, PS2.
3: there was a version where the game proper lives in our hearts, and our hearts are a square. They're a cube. GameCube. Mm. Nick, what are you playing?
1: Wow. Thanks for asking Resident Evil Merchant. I have been continuing my campaign, uh my replay of Baldur's Gate 3. Wow. I'm playing on tactician, which is hard difficulty and I'm 40 hours in. And I thought I would wow. spend a little bit of time just talking about difficulty because this is a game that I think a lot of people have said like it's so hard, it's so difficult, which I think is fair. But we were talking graphs earlier. I think the issue with Baldur's Gate 3, especially if you are new to D&D or you are new to, to, honestly, if you're new to 5th edition rules or just Larian games because they have their own kind of bespoke UX, which is its own challenge. The thing with, the the thing if you're graphing out this game with complexity on one axis and difficulty on the other axis, uh, this one is all the way to the far end of complex but i think in terms of how difficult it actually is once you understand the systems and how they integrate with each other i think it's kind of in the middle like i think it's like an extremely complicated game um that seems punishingly difficult because of its complexity like it, it like you know like the the kind of the, the counter example would be something like super meat boy which is super yes. duper simple you run and jump but it's very difficult it makes that it makes those simple mechanics uh, it puts them in an extremely con- uh, like difficult context, um, and and I but I think Baldur's Gate three feels fair if you uh, understand how everything works, which for me took me probably you know thirty to fifty hours through my initial playthrough, and I was still discovering things towards the end of that. Um, but the other thing is it has kind of an inverse difficulty curve, and this I'm particularly feeling on my second playthrough. Because part of what makes it overwhelming is the uh, myriad systems, and I mentioned the opaque UX, um, uh, like, all that stuff happening in the early on, you're just kind of like, well, all this stuff, this game doesn't have, like, a lot of tutorials, I don't really know what's happening, it doesn't really teach me things, and the way that a lot of games over-teach very simple things, this game basically doesn't teach a lot of pretty complicated things, so there's that element, where you're, like, learning how to actually play this game uh, you know, mechanically, but also just the way the D&D systems work, your party members all get, any player character, all get a huge power spike at level five. Yes. Notably martial classes like your fighters, your paladins, uh, your monks of the world all get an extra attack at level five. Your spell casters get much more powerful spells and, you know, a, a spell like fireball, which is just such a, a workhorse and such a just a direct damage dealer, but also a spell like haste, which is just completely OP and is is perhaps the most valuable use of your uh, uh your uh, spellcaster's concentration resource which is its own complexity that the game doesn't do a great job of introducing um but like you know because because of that because your characters are kind of weak and brittle and because enemies deal such he- such heavy damage particularly on tactician difficulty in the early game it feels like just kind of like fuck this is this is this is such a this is so challenging but really it's just getting through getting over that initial hump um one thing i really like about the tactician difficulty is the ai doesn't just it, it it like the ai gets more complicated it doesn't just buff enemy hit points and damage although it does do that but it also gives them additional attacks and attributes you know they have ranged attacks they didn't they didn't use previously or they have additional resistances or they they're using you know charm spells or or sleep spells or other you know uh uh, crowd control spells that they didn't use previously. They seem more fixated on your ranged characters and your spell casting characters, and and kind of playing like mage breakers, which is like very ah uh, just just makes kind of the, the 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 lance board, if you will, a little bit more interesting. Um and and also I so all that all that said, I'm having a lot of fun playing through it as I as I went through the Underdark, uh, which is a a se- section that kind of comprises the back end of of Act One. Uh, I found those combat encounters like challenging, but not like unwieldy or unmanageable. Yeah. Like I was just kind of like, you know, like, OK, I, every move kind of counts and I have to be careful about what I'm doing here. Um, And I may end up with a downed character. But, you know, like like I I I found it manageable. And a big part of it is just like learning how to play this game. I also just want to note that, like, I'm, I, you know, there are a lot of exploits you can use in this game. Which, whatever, if you want to play like that, go, go for it. I'm not doing that. I'm not like filling my inventory with explosive barrels and then dropping them all in front of where I know enemy an enemy encounter is going to take place, um, and then blasting with a fire arrow. Like, I'm not doing stuff like that. I'm, I'm playing the game. uh, I would think more, more straight up. Um, But you know, that stuff again does exist. Uh, But yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's a, it's a difficult but fair game. I I want to I want to talk about a couple other things real quick. Uh, as I ramble through this, but I, again, I'm playing the second, the second playthrough this game, Baldur's Gate three that I put as number one on my, uh, my yeah. top games of all time list, which we did last week, recency bias, ahoy, but I'm loving <laughs> it more on the second playthrough. I'm playing as a paladin and as a paladin, you have to worry about being an oath breaker, which is a D and D thing. But yes. like, there are all sorts of scenarios where I'm like, well, shit, I said, I was going to do this thing. I kind of made this vow to this character and even if it's if it's a better opportunity for me to handle this quest this way, I don't think I can do that without becoming an oath breaker, which is not what I want to do for my player character. So like it's just it's just another thing to, to balance. And I think the game um, overall handles that aspect really well. Uh, the the acting, you know, whatever people have talked about this and like New, Neil Newbon's performance as a star and uh, won a game award. Obviously, it's, it's incredible uh his the way his third act character quest resolves just gives him this remarkable showpiece and it's just so like it it it's it's just an, an an incredible bit of humanity uh for this vampiric character and the torment that he suffered and 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 i just i think it's just it's such a such a great resolution to it uh but it's he's he's obviously so great uh but also Devorah Wild is Lazel who uh, to me that it became my favorite party member A uh, character just has this remarkably well written art and it's just so well characterized in the performance. Um, at least on a good playthrough, but also Stephen Hogan, who's a prolific character actor and voice actor uh who portrays volo uh, who's a famed character from d and d lore yeah. and is like the uh this huckster uh kind of professional bullshit artist who writes all of these like you know just like fake histories uh of 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 the realm and uh you know kind of tags along with your party and and shows up at your camp at various times. Um, It's just, it's just such a, such a funny performance. Uh, One other thing, which is, so there's, they've added honor mode, which is like their hardcore mode. You get one save and if you die, you're done. That's it. So they've added this. I I found myself watching a lot of honor mode fail videos uh, where people are like their run is ending. And it's part of the reason why I would not do an honor, honor mode run myself right now is because the game is still pretty buggy. So it's things like, you know, um, they're 80 they're I know where they are in the game. They're 80 hours into the game. Uh and uh they the whole party moves onto a a an elevator and then the elevator just moves without them and they all fall into nothing. Oh, and it's just game over. <laughs> like that's it. So like it's it is it is very like uh satisfying to watch some of those and and people seem to be good sports about it, but yeah, I I, I think uh, uh, uh tackle that mode at your peril. Um but yeah, an incredible game. I got to get back. I got to get my hands back
2: in there i i feel like i just need to wrap it up because i've i've thought about you're in act
1: three i'm in act Three. you should wrap it up Act three is is you know no slouch it's a big boy there's a lot of content in act three and it's also like the jankiest section of the game but uh, i was talking about there's some some character quests uh your party member quests resolve in really interesting ways i think the overall narrative resolution you know it it narrows a little bit in terms of necessity but there are a bunch of different in terms of narrative necessity, but there are a bunch of um, different paths you can take. I think it's absolutely worth seeing through to the end.
2: I kind of have like
1: a spoilery
2: oh. book about, it's not like about story, kind of, it's kind of about like a, an interaction that you can have.
1: Okay, ask the question and I will decide if I want to give you an answer on or off pod. you fuck the mind flare. I, I I have an answer. I'm going to give it to you on pod, but we we can maybe bleep it. Okay. I did and everyone well, why would we bleep it and everyone was mad at me <laughs> i so i have to just tell you <laughs> it followed me through the end game people were like i can't believe you did that <laughs> i have to tell you
2: i've been so frustrated because i've been pursuing a, a relationship with shadowheart yeah. right and we're at a spot right now where we are we are in love and but she sure. can't do it she can't do anything about that yet because she is um pursuing um she's a disciple of Shar. she's yes. like i
1: gotta take care of my my own professional shit before i can her focus religion on my is sort of preventing right. us
2: from doing the deed which is absolutely fine that said there have been opportunities for my for my tav yeah uh who is a uh a, a what is it a wood elf um I can't even remember what I was. I was also
1: a half, I was a half wood
2: elf. I okay. was a bard
1: my, my first playthrough. My current uh, playthrough, I'm a tiefling paladin.
2: Uh, oh, yeah. A wood elf barbarian is what I was. And so, um, you know, I get propositioned by the mind flayer. I get propositioned by that like hot devil lady. Oh, yes, that so great yeah. Great. Yeah. Devil lady. Uh, What's her name? Mizora? Yeah, Mizora. And then I stumble into this brothel
1: yeah dude walk
2: out to the turn, turn you're, you're turn a red-blooded
1: wolf at wood elf you have you know you have needs your desires can be satisfied was i getting for a the third coin? degree
2: from everybody in the party
1: yes <laughs> did i go to camp leave
2: everybody there and then go back yes um uh Shadowheart, i gotta say very understanding and compassionate uh
1: partner it feels like the part of the the uh, you know. Why I think some people think of the Shadow Heart as first off, she's such like a like an important you know n p c but also I yeah. think people think of her as like kind of the uh default slash canon romance option, yes. is because she's written to be permissive of your character exploring other things, yes. which seems to be kind of like the to me my interpretation is the developers kind of saying, like yeah, we know if you do one playthrough, you might want to try these different. See what happens if you do this. See what happens yes. if you do this. We don't want to necessarily punish you yeah. uh, for that. But and
2: now having this conversation,
1: we for sure
2: need to just do a full Baldur's Gate three chat. Yeah, because we're playing, we're
1: we're we're collectively kind of semi
2: in in spoiler country right yes. now. But yes, uh, but so I'll I'll stop there and say what I've been playing, and then Heather. Uh great. Well, Heather, you wanna you wanna jump in and, and say well, what? Well, I been just playing.
3: wanted to say I haven't had the opportunity to sleep with anyone yeah. in Baldur's Gate because literally everybody in the entire world of Baldur's Gate is mad at me. Yeah. <laughs> like mad at me. Uh and again, I, I'm I'm playing I'm slogging through a game that is only demonstrative of the butterfly effect of I went in a room and I looked in a box. And I have had to kill everybody I've come across since. And it is a nightmare.
1: Yeah. I, that is I like would go the so far as to say it's,
3: it's unenjoyable. <laughs>
2: oh, my gosh. Yeah, you kind of just want to relax. You kind of want to meet somebody that's like kind of funny and then like kind of hang out with them a little bit.
3: Everybody. Everybody. On both. If I go into an area that's both sides are in conflict. I And I talk to one side, they're like, there she is, fucking executor. And I'm like, oh, okay, I don't know what I did to these people. And I go to the other side and I'm like, hey, can I, like, you, you've you set fire to this thing. And they're like, you killed so-and-so, died. So, like, there's nowhere for me to go. I'm truly a lone wolf in the world of Baldur's Gate. Also, multiple people have left my party. Left. <laughs> yeah. Left. Left. Yes. Left. I was, was I was
1: reading about how this happens, like what might lead someone to leave, leave your party in act one. Uh, and it seems to be uh, like, yeah, you, if you commit genocide, these <laughs> yeah, two party members will leave. They don't <laughs> like that.
3: But I'm not it. What there was no point at which I was like, I'm going to murder everybody. Right. It was yeah. I'm under attack. Like there was no point. And, and literally the attacks all started from I wanted to look at a box. Like, that's it. That's all I did. I I looked in a box in a fucking room at like early, early game where uh, there's like a paralyzed woman in a building.
1: Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah.
3: And and she's like, don't go through this stuff. And I'm like, well, I want to just look, which is what I would have said if there was a dungeon master. So I like open the box and then she starts screaming. And then like people come in and I'm like, oh my God, what it just like they attack me and then I got to kill them. And then the other people see, and it's just been like a avalanche since then, like a miserable avalanche where every major character I encounter is upset at me from the go. Yeah. From the drop.
1: I mean, I would just say, like, you know, walk into a Wells Fargo and be like, I'm just going to look in the vault for a little bit and see how that goes for you. (laughs) you
3: (laughs) It's like, yeah, it's like I'm playing Grand Theft Auto. I don't think people at the
1: coffee bean next door would be upset, though. You know what (laughs) I (laughs) mean? Like,
3: But if you're playing a thief, like if you're if you're role playing a thief, like a thief is going to be like, well, is there anything of value in here? And that's all I wanted to know. Just is there anything of value in in this box? There wasn't, by the way. I think it was like grain, like it was nothing
1: you can you can approach that that any number of ways, but that's one where also and this happens throughout the game that I like is that you can just like heal the person who's you you, you just heal the person who who's uh has paralysis and then that lets, that gives you access to that room. That's just like another way you can approach it uh but yeah it's it's I, I think you just probably want to want to roll a new character at this point, especially hearing from last week that you killed Carlac who I think is an NPC that you would really like the way Carlack, the character is written.
3: No, I didn't kill Carlac. Carlac <laughs> attacked me on site. <laughs> Carlac attacked me on site. Yes. Who I didn't even know was an NP or a, 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 a party character. Two yeah. party members have left the fucking group. I found a, like a hole in the ground that led to like bandit tunnels, walked into the bandit tunnels. Don't know what I did to them. They immediately were like, and this wasn't because I was in there. They were like, "It's you, you opened the chest, a different chest,
1: oh yeah, I know exactly I know this this as well. that's a fun. Yeah. I had that same thing happen where i'd oh i'd th- my first playthrough yes i'd 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 open the chest because I just like came across it, some gnolls are attacking yeah. um some uh oh, you know, yes, yeah, and, yeah, and like I got the chest and I naturally opened it, and then I went I found the hideout, which is underneath the um Joaquim's rest, I think it's called mm-hmm. Joaquim's Rest." Um, and the, that, and that hideout, the, I, they were like, did you find, like, I was already found the chest and I opened it and they're like, you, you, you fool, you've killed us all. And then they just attack you and it became this huge combat. Um, on my second playthrough, I, I like found, I found the hideout first and then got the quest to retrieve the, the chest intact. And so I did that, uh, and got like a, you know, some, some nice payout from it. So yeah, it's a, there's a bunch of different ways to play it. That one doesn't Every- necessarily turn everyone in the world hostile on you though.
3: Everybody in the world is hostile to me. Everybody. Yeah.
1: I think I think you got to re uh re- re-roll this bad boy.
3: No, I'm playing I'm going to see <laughs> if I can play all the way through.
1: I'm sure you can. <laughs> well,
2: gosh, I got it. I I have to wrap it up cuz yeah. I I do I do I-, I loved what I was doing. Um this ge- I feel like that game also taught me some bad habits and now like when I'm playing games I'm like mad and like, or like a little resentful that I can't save scum the way that I like. Cause like you can like very granularly save scum in, in Baldur's gate three and you can in other games, but not to the degree, especially like more
1: like older games. It's a little harder to do. Um, it depends on the game. It depends on the platform. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, a lot of old school PC games. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, you can, you can absolutely save scum your way through the whole thing.
2: Uh, I'm, st- I'm stuck at a part right now that it's, it's absolutely my fault in the game that I'm playing. Um, I'm playing for the first time ever. Well, not for the first time ever, but for the first time with any real seriousness. Final Fantasy VII. Wow. Because I know I that. It. I love it. Uh, Rebirth is coming out on the leap day this year. Hey, we got a leap day. Isn't that nice? How about that?
1: Get one. That's nice. What is it? Every four years? Yeah, yeah anytime we we're electing a president. it you know, mm. leap day. Oh, great. Do
2: it on the opposite. Switch that up. I don't need an extra day in the year where it's the worst year. We gotta worry about leap day. We gotta <laughs> yeah. worry about the Olympics. We yeah. gotta worry about a president. Nah. Come on. Set them all a different... That's too much of it for a year. But anyway, I'm playing Final Fantasy VII, and to my surprise, I had never made it out of the tutorial area, really. Which I would
1: consider the Midgar part, sure. Kind of the first, the 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 first half or the first part, first act or the first part of the first act. Yes. Yeah. So once
2: we left Midgar for the first time, I was
1: like, "There's more to it than this. There's so much in this fucking game." It's um, just just can we stop down on that real quick? Which is that. For me, the moment, because I, I played this game on PlayStation 1, you know, yeah. the year it came out, and the moment when you step out of Midgar, which you spend, like, whatever, the first five to ten hours in. Yeah, it's like five hours. It, yeah. it's, it's a substantial chunk of gameplay, and then you step out, and then you get the world map, and you and the theme hits, the main theme hits for the first time. Yeah. For me, is like, such a memorable gaming moment. I don't know if it hit you the same way, Heather.
3: I, so, um, I, I didn't... I don't think I got to out in the regular world with Final Fantasy VII. My first real like, oh, this game has its, its hooks in me was Final Fantasy VIII. Seven mm-hmm. uh, VII was like, okay. But eight I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. And you get access to the world map very early in that game. And I didn't even know, I don't think I knew that there was a world map in Final Fantasy VII, which I, you know, got and then I was like, this is, this is nice. I, okay. And then also it's good to, it's, it's important to note Final Fantasy games now come out like once every six years. Yes. Final Fantasy seven was 97. Final Fantasy eight was 99. Final Fantasy nine was 2000 and Final Fantasy 10 was 2001. So if you didn't like a Final Fantasy game back in the day, another one was around the corner. Yeah. Now you have to be like pot committed to the lifestyle of... Final like Final Fantasy 15 has to fill out years of my life in order to like be
2: 16 was the most recent one you could say no I chose my
3: words correctly I chose them correctly (laughs) anyway I'm really glad that you're that you I I have a save for Final Fantasy 7 on my PlayStation which is right before the final fight and I am not powered up enough to to kill the final boss and right. i don't i think it's per, it's permanently ruined because i think well, i'm in a save area where there are no more random encounters that you can trigger
2: so this is sort of the issue that i'm having i'm in the temple of the ancients i've cut, sort of blasted through this thing because i did find out that this game does have some of the modern conveniences that are in the um uh the pixel remasters where oh, you can tu- you can turn off random encounters you can oh, great. uh um basically always have a full uh limit meter and things like that. Um but in in other Final Fantasy games where I've done exactly that, I'll I'll make more stops at like stores and like buy items and stuff. I didn't do that for this and I'm at the boss at the temp in the Temple of the Ancients and I keep getting turned into a frog and I don't have What is it, maiden's kiss or whatever? That sounds right. Potion to turn me not frog, and I keep getting smoked. And I don't think I can leave the temple of the ancients. I might be able to. Um, I'll have to. By the time this comes out, hopefully I'll have gone past this point. So just that's I'm saying that just so that everybody doesn't tag me and be like, "This is what you have to do." I I, I'm figuring it out. I got. Okay, I'm gonna go home and do this literally when we're done, but. I'm stuck there, but I will say I'm really, really enjoying the game. I didn't, I truly just didn't know what it was. Really, like I, I obviously I'm familiar with Sephiroth. I'm, 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 I'm familiar with with Cloud and the rest. Tifa. Uh, who who else is there? Aerith. Aerith. Uh, Barrett. Sure. I didn't know Red Thirteen. Oh yeah. I didn't really yeah. know Red Thirteen, and I didn't know uh, Kate Sith. Oh, yeah. And let me tell you, I'm not really happy with Kate Sith right now. Wow. Oh. Because um, you're a big cat lad. and Big it's a cat big, lad. Two, and two prominent cat party members. Got double-crossed by my new friend, Kate Sith. Oh, boy. Maybe the word Sith should have been a clue, and... Wow. Anyway, all this to say, I'm enjoying it. I, I was going to just go ahead and jump into Seven Remake, but then I was like, I feel like I'm doing myself a disservice. I feel like I should... Eat my vegetables before I have oh. them But for to but I also like vegetables. vegetables.
3: The idea of somebody in the year twenty twenty four saying yeah. that Final Fantasy Seven is vegetables, yeah, is pretty incredible.
2: We've well, come so far. It's obviously a great game, and like, its many games stand on its shoulders, right? It's like it's like a it's 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 totemic. It's like it's it's iconic. It's a it's a huge game, but I think in the year twenty twenty four, it's. It's not as fun to play as maybe a Final Fantasy 15 or something, right? Like, it's a little slower. It's like the turn base part of it is like, is tough and like, it looks bad now. And I, I will say, I was flying around on the fucking, uh, that airplane that you get. And I was like, I think I'm going to be sick. Like, it was making me ill. Like, it was making me nauseous to. Uh, when I was looking for the the Temple of the Ancients,
1: yeah, the way it kind of the airship kind of scrolls all yeah. over the globe, it's I, I get what you're saying. It could maybe be a little dizzying, perhaps, but on a on a higher resolution, on a modern resolution, in yeah. Particular. And I'm
2: playing it on Switch too, by the way, which is uh, great. I'm glad you're getting into it. Yeah, and I'll, hopefully you in the thick of it. Roll credits on that, and then uh, go straight into uh, remake. So then it can go straight into rebirth. If there's time, maybe I'll do. Crisis Core as well, but uh, wow. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to be as Final Fantasy VII as I can. That's me. I
3: love it. I, I really love this. It makes me really happy.
2: Thank you. I'm having fun.
1: Uh, so how many Final Fantasies does this make for you now? Obviously 16 you, we've talked about, but you, played, you started playing the Pixel Remasters back yes. from 1, and I know you played 1 back in the day.
2: Yeah, I played 1 and 2 back in the day. Okay. I started with the P- Pixel Remasters at 3, even though I played 3 on the, uh,
1: the DS. Right, three. That, that was like kind of like a remake, remaster. Yes. So that it's different to the picture. And maybe
2: master. one of my favorite DS games. I loved it. I started with four, didn't finish four. I think I got about ten hours into four or something. Need to go back. Stopped completely. Jumped straight into sixteen. And that's basically it. And then Kingdom Hearts games. I've seen a fair amount of Final Fantasy nine played yeah watching my uncle play final fantasy 9 because i'm familiar with uh those characters
1: i i think six on among the super nintendo generation is yeah. worth playing through um for you know you probably got a sense of i love ford and but you know I, I don't know if you necessarily need to go back to that i think five is worth messing around with mm-hmm. a little bit just for the job system um but it's it's kind of cool but it has like a less interesting narrative than a little, little bit thinner uh, but yeah, I, I, I love that you're, you're on this mission to play through them. I also, I, back in the day I
2: played through like half of 10, like on the PlayStation hmm. 2, I played through like yeah. half of it, but I never, never finished it, but I'd like to, I'd like to do them all. I probably won't get to the MMOs, but 10,
3: 10 really does 10. feel yeah. a bit like the final fantasy. Like if you were going to like, like give the era a tone, 10 feels like it ended a, a like an era of like a certain kind of tone because sure. 11 was a departure 12 was a departure 13 was a departure 14 obviously 15 they're all very very different i think from a sort of i i again it's a, it's a tone that that kind of follows from there's like the 1 through 6 tone and then there's the 7 through 10 tone and now I don't think there's a consistent tone to a Final Fantasy game.
1: I, I think that's a great point and well said. And I think also in terms of combat systems and just, just sort of gameplay in general, yeah. things like the sphere grid and the way that Final Fantasy X's combat worked kind of felt like, oh, this is the final iteration of this sort of, you know, uh, th- this kind of classic Final Fantasy gameplay. And yeah. everything since kind of had some it's, its own little spin on it. Um, yeah. uh, Heather, what have you been playing?
3: Well, I'm going to be, I'm going to save what I've been playing for our, our like topic du jour, uh, because I, I feel like that's, that's why I've been playing what I've been playing. Um, but I I will say that, uh, you know, the analog pocket updated it's, uh, it's, uh, what would you call them? Filters. So they now apply to all of the retro cores that you can sideload into the system and you can make. Classic games look like they're being played on a Trinitron, and that is uh, the only thing standing in between me and enjoying like classic games like Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy VI on my analog pocket. So I'm uh, enjoying that. Um, But then, uh, as mentioned, we had a big uh, Fortnite event on the Discord. So I've been playing a lot of Fortnite, uh, both in uh, in part because of the Discord and then on the side uh, with my own squad. The game, the game right now is, uh, it's somebody asked me on Twitter. And I think also in the discord, how I'm enjoying this season. And I have to say last season was Fortnite OG where they stripped out everything and brought it all the way back down to its roots. And there wasn't a lot of cover. And it was just like a very, very procedural gritty, like you had to have great position in order to progress, progress through the game. The game now is just a game for snipers, and I am a sniper. Wow. That's like, if, if I was going to say I have a class in the game, it's sniper is my class and has always been my class. And I'm going to say some, um, something a little, uh, I think the snipers are overpowered in this season. And I and I've been looking at online discourse about the game on Reddit or wherever. And I think that's the general consensus is that the snipers are overpowered in this season. And I think it is taking it is it's removing a little bit of the uh, the feeling of adrenaline and victory when you do get a good sniper shot off. But it's also making the game unfair for a lot of more close range battles. Like you can mm. land a couple lucky sniper shots because the um aim down sight is so fast on a sniper uh and the and the bullet lag is so so it's so dramatically reduced from previous seasons that it it feels a little feels a little OP. I'm not going to put down the gun obviously, but I'm hoping that right. uh the next update to the game uh introduces some <laughs> what? Was that?
1: No, I just I'm not going to put down the gun is a funny thing to say.
3: <laughs> uh, but um, but yeah, and um, I don't know. I'm doing I, I, on a personal journey. I've decided to start playing ranked Fortnite uh, and, and I don't play ranked Fortnite in squads. I only play ranked Fortnite in solos uh, and I'm enjoying that journey. I think I'm platinum three now, which is nice. Uh, not anywhere near the top, but certainly not anywhere near the bottom because I just started. I'm yeah, also good. enjoying uh Fortnite rocket racing, which is the now the new built in racing game in Fortnite. It's wow. there's too much fucking Fortnite.
1: I, I know Rochelle plays Fortnite as well, because uh, Ro- I didn't realize that we'd moved on from the OG Fortnite season. Uh, Rochelle, are you playing the current season? And what are your feelings?
3: I am playing it, and I am so happy that OG Fortnite is gone.
1: <laughs> yeah, OG Fortnite sucks. Do you like the, uh, do you feel like it's like the sniper meta? Like, do you, do you like playing like that?
3: Yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, you can, there's like mod benches now, so you can get like a four-time scope on your sniper rifle. Whoa. And yeah, it just, it's the way to win.
1: What skin are you using currently? M&M <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> I, di- I dipped I dipped my toes
2: back in it when they added the new stuff and yeah. I checked out Lego Fortnite uh, honestly not to be saying all these different things re- should require an own, its own episode but I think we could revisit it just with some of the stuff that uh, they've added because the r- rocket racing rules it's really fun Lego Fortnite is really awesome and um, Fortnite Festival is uh, the like Harmonics uh rock band in in Fortnite game uh and it, it's it's great it's it's just uh it's exactly like rock band but with no plastic instruments yet i am hearing that there'll be uh there's a plan for that at some point but I've just been like playing as Ash from the Evil Dead <laughs> Just like playing like
1: Billie Eilish songs in
2: Fortnite, <laughs> Fortnite
1: festival. And I was like, "This is great! This is really fun! I I love that. I can I can play that all day." I'm down. I'm down to talk Fortnite some more. I, yeah. I haven't revisited in a while, but I have a talk, talked to over the holidays. Spent time with both of my nephews, both of whom play Fortnite. It seems like every night. Wow. And kind of got the you know the whatever the that that generation's perspective on it. Um. But one thing that came from both of them was just like. I don't understand what no build mode is for, and I had to be like, "Oh, well, that's for old people. Like we <laughs> have trouble with the building; it's hard for us. So it's like it's like a yeah. more accessible mode." And they're like, oh, "Okay," and then they were like, "Go away!
2: <laughs>
3: Why are you squatting outside our window?"
2: <laughs> yeah, Jesus! We already kicked your ass. <laughs>
1: Uh, All right, let's talk about cloud gaming, uh, which is a topic that's uh, unfortunately in the news as of this record via a gamesindustry.biz piece. This is actually our our buddy Stephen Ray Morris, a listener of the pod, uh, a a great uh, podcaster and podcast producer in his own right, uh, brought this to my attention. Uh, But the headline I will read, the new Ubisoft Plus and getting gamers comfortable with not owning their games. Uh, This is an interview with uh, Philippe Tremblay, who's a Ubisoft executive. I'll just read a little bit of this quote. One of the things we saw is that gamers are used to, a little bit like DVD, having and owning their games. That's the consumer shift that needs to happen. They got comfortable not owning their CD collection or DVD collection. I mean, I'm sure we got comfortable with that, but that just was the choice that was presented, the the non-choice that was presented to us. There's a transformation that's been a bit slower to happen in games. So it's about feeling comfortable with not owning your game. Um, I, you know, I wrote some bullet points, but I'll just read one bullet point I wrote is just, i hate this yeah (laughs) yeah
2: because i think that's like that's bullshit it's it sucks and it's stupid yeah i've fully gone back to physical i've gone back to physical media in a big way in the last in 2023 continuing on into 2024 i haven't bought a digital game in some time i my uh well and it's Bad because I live in, a, in an apartment, so I'm run, I'm running out of space. But um, I I I've gone f- back physical completely, and the only way that I uh, like I don't agree with that at all. But yeah, the Xbox Game Pass like service is that, and I'm com- I'm comfortable with that because I didn't buy the game. I'm paying for the service to play the game to lease the game for them, uh, for the time that I have Xbox Game Pass. But if I own if I purchase a game, if I spend money on a singular title, that's that should be mine. That should be you should own that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, I think I think this is more just like talking about yeah. even removing the optionality of being able to purchase something. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like that's kind of a bummer. I mean, that is a bummer. But, you know, we, we've seen this happen with with movies and TV where there's just a lot of lost media out there. And, yeah, of course, that's always been the case to some degree. But it's like these things, some some things have never been given physical releases. And then they're just pulled from streaming services and there's no way to buy them digitally. So there's just no way legally to consume them. Uh, now, the part of the the state of gaming with all of its with its myriad platforms and, you know, a, a, a bunch of stuff that you just can't play anymore on original hardware with any sort of ease. A lot of stuff already is lost. Yes. Um, but as platforms have kind of like as there has been a little bit of convergence and a little bit more platform neutrality and a little bit more of stuff being released on everything on PC and Xbox and, and PlayStation and Switch, uh, it be, would be become a bummer if some of that stuff starts getting pulled. Uh, just by a publisher's whim.
2: Yeah, it's 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 just so bad because you see that stuff too happen. You see it'll happen a lot in the um, like TV and movie space in particular. You see just stuff just completely disappear. Sony just reversed. They were going to, um, I think they reversed it. Uh, if you bought stuff digitally on their like PlayStation Store, that was like a TV show or movie. They were like, "This service
1: is going away," but it was with a yeah. select. It was one of those weird things. Yeah. Where it was with a select library that they'd licensed yes. from, like some some particular studios. I think and it was it, Discovery. And, and, yeah, it, it was discover. Okay, so it was with Discovery specifically. So it included a lot of like, and I don't know who's buying you know, a season of Ice Road truckers on the PlayStation right. platform. But if you did buy that, you should have it. Yes, It should not be a thing that kind of goes away. And I think just like there was enough outcry where they reversed that. I had to have a big conversation
2: one time with my with my mom because the, she bought, she bought, she paid money yeah to have, to own, I'm using air quotes, the live action Mulan movie on Disney Plus when that was an option. She's like, oh, good, I own this. So now we can just watch this whenever. Yeah. And I had to be like, you know that it's just going to be on, it's going to mean to Disney Plus in like two months. And it's also going to be there. So you, all you did was bought an early ticket for it, basically. You can't take that off of Disney Plus and use it and watch it somewhere else in a different platform. Yeah. And she was like, no, I own this. I was like, okay, cancel your Disney Plus subscription and see what they do with that you're not going to get this movie it was a huge thing and she was just like no 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 i had to so i only got into it with her because i was like you have to stop doing this and also what are you (laughs) you doing what are we doing here you Um,
3: can't you can't so if you own a copy of the movie amelie on apple like yes a major like it's not like oh i i bought amelie on roku plus in 2008 like If you buy the movie Amelie on app on the Apple store on like iTunes or whatever, they no longer have access to Amelie. So you it shows up in your library, but you can only watch it up to the point where you last watched it. And for me, that's about 75 percent of the way through the film. So like I can never watch Amelie ever again, even though I purchased Amelie whenever the fuck I purchased it. And I think that that is, that's why not owning the thing is dangerous because there are tangible real world examples of purchasing the thing, which is technically leasing the thing and then not having access to it in the future. Like I will, I, I know that Final Fantasy First Soldier was a, serv- a live services game and there wasn't exactly a one player mode. But that doesn't change the fact that it represented a huge chunk of my playing experience a year and a half ago, I think. And I can never, ever, 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 ever play it again, which is fucking crazy. Like,
1: yeah, you have to hope for like a fan server going up or something.
3: I I really think that the difference between the and, and maybe this is explains some of the reluctance of gamers to shift to this rent and lease model is that we spend an enormous amount of time with the media that we are engaging with in video games. It's not a two-hour film. Like, it's it's more akin to a book because you spend an enormous time reading a book. And the idea that you could buy a book, read a book, have an incredible emotional experience with that book, and then someday it would just disappear from your shelf and you wouldn't be able to go to a library or purchase it or have access to that book ever again, like F- Final Fantasy VI is like a 70-hour game. Like to, to, to only give you access to that in a short period of your life and then never again, that's why, I think that's why gamers are like, no, fuck this. I'm not gonna spend all this time with these characters and, and love this world, and then someday you can revoke my permission to use it. That's nuts.
1: Yeah and and I think it's you know there there's an important distinguish uh, distinguishing uh, you know kind of line of demarcation to have between you know online games uh, uh, service games and you know MMOs uh things like League of Legends or Fortnite yeah. which are free to play but supported by purchases or ga- or season passes or you know an MMO like World of Warcraft or Final Fantasy 14 where there's a subscription fee these kind of ongoing experiences versus a single player experience that at a certain point, uh, yeah, game, games get patched and updated as in the initial releases. Some of them get supported for years. But at a certain point, it is in a finished state. And you should be able to just play that thing uh, indefinitely. You should have permanent permission to be able to do that. But I think we're reaching a point where even if you buy a physical copy of a game, as I bought all of my PS5 games physically, it's like you're getting a disc with a copy of the game that needs to be updated and at a certain point in the future, they are going to, you know, stop supporting that. And you're just not yeah. going to have a, a playable disc with, you, you know, you're not going to have a version of the game that you can you can play offline. Um, I it, it, So it's it's interesting, though. It's kind of like you want to have some safeguards against that, but also it just all the pressures seem to be pushing towards this eventual sort of thing where, hey, it's just going to keep getting worse and we're not going to have any sort of choice. And. Ah, uh, whatever. We'll we'll be leasing all our furniture someday. You just won't own anything. <laughs> They're just going to figure that out too. Ah, uh, but uh, all that said, Heather, you talked about a, a game that you wanted to t- discuss in the cloud gaming aspect of the portion of the show. Uh, what is that game, and what can you tell us about it?
3: Ah, uh, well, it's 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 a game and system. So I, I got the PlayStation Portal, uh, in part because as I uh, finish up my treatment here uh, for uh, this this recurrence of cancer that I had. Uh, there are weeks where I'm pretty much bedridden and, uh, I, I initially dunked on the PlayStation portal last year being like, what the fuck? Who cares? This is stupid. Yeah. And now I am so grateful (laughs) that it exists. Um, because I, I really, really, it's, it's a surprisingly great machine. Wow. And also here's a, here's a little, a little side bit, a little side bit, uh, not too long ago, video game systems had music that played uh, like, you know, the Wii channel that that has just the song that's playing. There's like a lot of musical cues in uh, older game systems and in operating systems. And uh, the Vita had a, a sort of music that played the entire time. I think the PSP did, too. The PlayStation portal has a song. And I fucking love it. Like I it love that really it good. exists. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember when booting up a game system, like gave you some music or like at least a musical cue to like begin. And uh, the PlayStation Five doesn't do that. Like it's yes. just like on or off. Beep. Um, what?
2: It goes like beep. Yeah, it
3: is just yeah, kind of a beep.
1: beep. Kind Fucking of a retro beep. beep.
3: Um, and be an
1: I feel like up when I <laughs>
3: have the opportunity to play video games, uh. You know, I have my fucking game system set up in my garage, as was mentioned earlier in in the uh, in the show. So I have to leave my house. And if I'm going to go to my garage to play a video game and I'm already there, it's going to be Fortnite because I've already, you know, I've committed to leaving to leaving my wife in another (laughs) building to go play video games. So let's just, you know, like fully sink into the sludge like become a bog person. Uh, but if I'm playing in a house with the PlayStation portal, one, Fortnite is not a game you can play on the portal because the lag is too bad. Like you can't play, you can play, you, you can't play an online game against other people that is so dependent on your ping on the portal with any hope for success, which mm. means that my PlayStation 5 library has opened up to me and all these games that I have sidelined In the past two years, while I've become addicted to Fortnite, are now reavailable to me. So I've been playing God of War.
2: Fuck yes! Wow.
3: God of War Ragnarok, and it is so pleasurable to play it on the portal offline. Matt Apodaca said, "I don't even turn on my TV anymore." Yeah, that's right. So I watch the TV,
2: but if I'm playing, you know, I watch like TV. Yeah.
3: God of War is not a cloud game, but it's, a, it's delivered to me via remote play and, and cloud gaming. And I'm stunned at how good it looks on the portal. Because, like, also, there's, like, a, a sort of mental preparation that you, you have when you turn on your PS5 and you're sitting in front of a TV. You expect it to have a certain uh, fidelity. But you don't expect that when you're staring at a handheld gaming system. Right. You've it, it's it, only through remote play on the PS4 were you ever able to experience like modern graphics on a portable system. I think be, also at least in my experience, the PS5 Portal setup is smoother than the Steam Deck. And I don't mm-hmm. know if they're graphically comparable if a Steam Deck is a portable PlayStation 5. But, man, it just looks so fucking good. And I am so grateful that it exists, especially right now. Um, so that's what I've been playing is more Ragnarok.
1: It, 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 so you talked about lag with online games. This is a question for both of you because you both spent a lot of time using the portal. But, like, you're not feeling that over your Wi-Fi as you're streaming these games from your, your PS5s. No, and I think it's For single-player games. I, it's going to depend. It's
2: That's going to depend on... The quality of your, of you know of the Wi-Fi in your home, your proximity, and then also like, just like I, I I would guess. Well, first of all, you can't even really use it at like cafes and like some hotels because if there's like a you have to agree to like terms and services yeah. type thing on some Wi-Fis, which are which often is the case in in a public Wi-Fi situation. Uh, it doesn't allow it doesn't let you do that on the portal because it doesn't have a br- it doesn't have a browser but they there is a a browser somewhere in there it just doesn't come up for that for some yeah. reason but i have no i have no problem i've played i played all of alan wake 1 on it i played some of control and some of alan wake 2 on it and it's i've uh you know i've been playing baldurs gate 3 on it if if it plays great i've had no no lag no no anything like that
3: yeah i i, I there there is a tiny bit of lag but it is once you adjust to it, it just feels like the game. Like, it's not, like, a variable lag. It's, like, yeah. a sort of, like, a, a a permanent feeling to the game that, is, like, in a game like God of War, I don't think I would be able to do any of, like, the high-end combat challenges with it. But, like, for, like, you know, going around the world, totally fine. A game like Baldur's Gate 3, there's not going to be any conceptual lag that you experience. Like it's going because the game is all turn-based, like it's not you you won't feel it. Sure. So I don't know. I I I really like it and I was shocked at how much I liked it and I was also shocked at how how uh ca- how kind it is to use. Like it feels like they really put playability above the visual aesthetic of the machine itself which is not typically Sony's forte. Like yeah. <laughs> Sony will be like, fuck yeah, we made a perfect rectangle of black glass. The buttons, you have to hold both of your arms above your head in order to to like press <laughs> <Yeah>. the buttons. <laughs> but it's an incredible looking device. And that's not the case with the portal. Portal looks like a weird little boy. Like it is a strange tablet with like a broken PS5 controller snapped to each side of it but when you're actually using the device it's like oh this is ergonomically p- pleasant and and it's a good i can't believe i like it i really like it
2: it's really great uh i wish i wish it had the option for cloud stuff because a whole part of the PlayStation Plus service depending on what tier you have you have access to their classics catalog which are cloud-based so like games from the playstation 2 and playstation 3 era playstation 1 are all cloud-based and they don't it's not they don't let you do that but it's a wi-fi device you should be able to just then log in that way or whatever and play things
1: from the cloud but it won't let you. But the, but this is like the whole issue with the with cloud gaming in general mm-hmm. is that like it uh, it cedes more control to publishers and media companies in yeah. terms of what you are and aren't allowed to do with your hardware that you've bought and with your games that you should have um some some ownership of. Uh, I, you mentioned Baldur's Gate Three, Heather, and I should I, I feel like I, uh, it's worth noting in the context of this discussion that this consensus. 2023 game of the year uh this you know multi-million selling um you know grossing you know 500 million dollars on steam alone uh game is fully offline which is the thing you've talked mm-hmm. about yes and I, it's it's the kind of thing where may, big it's it, Larry and technically like a kind of an indie publisher, I guess. But like it's it's it, it's the the everyone's gonna all, all the the publishers rushing to imitate this are going to take the wrong lessons, and no one is going to be like, well, we should make our ga- game offline as well because it seems to be there's some consumer resistance to DRM and some eagerness to you know like people will buy something if it's if it's good enough and not pirate it even if there's uh, even if it's playable o- offline fully. They're not going to do that. Like they're completely not going to emulate that that aspect of it. But it is interesting that you know that that in the context of this discussion, in the context of this trend, um, that that happens to be the case uh, with BG three. I I think if I'm thinking about this, trying to think of the positives of of this trend. And Matt, you already touched on one, which is it is a tremendous value for consumers in the same way that Netflix is a great value for consumers. Yes. Like it's just you're getting a lot more content for one flat rate. Spotify, an incredible value for consumers. Um, Obviously, this has led to labor being screwed. But if you're just thinking of it from the perspective of uh, not the people who make this stuff, but the people who consume it, uh, yeah, it is you are getting more stuff for for cheaper. Uh, So I guess that's a positive. Uh, I, I do think there's some some pluses to indie games having a wider audience through these distribution models like, you know, something like when Netflix released Into the Breach on their gaming platform that kind of breathed new life into this game um, and hopefully create that created a nice payday for the developers, I assume. So, you know, those sorts of things I think are are helpful. I think not having to upgrade hardware as frequently is yeah. a, is another thing, you know, uh, but I I think they'll find a way to, for us to, to keep buying new what a new PlayStation portals or whatever the fuck they want to sell. A friend of mine, speaking of not having to upgrade
2: hardware. Yeah. A friend of mine was very into Destiny 2 for a long time. And you can play Destiny 2 via the cloud. And I was like, well, how do you play it? What do you like? What systems do you have? And he was like, oh, I don't, ha- I don't have one. I I played on Amazon Luna. And I was like, you, wow. I was the only person I've ever met. Yeah. That played, that one had, Amazon Luna, uh, and and played uh, only Destiny Two on it was the only game they play. They they loved playing Destiny Two on on Amazon Luna, of all things.
3: I I think that there is an, a lot of privilege at play by saying you know we should be able to own our games because games are fucking expensive and systems are fucking expensive and there's a lot of people out there who, you know, are barricaded uh, from from video gaming because of the uh, initial price point. And I do think that it is important to cite their access to games. But like Nick said, it almost always comes at the expense of the people making the content. Like it almost always is like labor gets fucked when you are leasing content to consumers. Because it's known that all of these streaming companies were the ones pressuring, say, the Writers Guild to accept a shitty deal this summer when the Writers Guild went on strike. Because they were like, we don't want to concede to the demands of the people making the material. We only want to put market pressure on people to uh, stream their content and never own it again. Um. I don't know. I I, I feel like there should be there should be like I I wish that there was. The problem is whenever it comes to like ownership or leasing or any of this shit, like you've got all of the rental pressure on on housing in the United States is the only way that uh, certain um, subsets of the American population can live in a house is to rent. Right. Yeah. But then as soon as you have that population inside of a house, you raise the rent and squeeze them until they can no longer afford the very place that they are able to live. And in the same way, like fucking Disney Plus has increased in price like three times in the last two years. So I don't know. It's it's a shitty thing. I wish I wish we I wish the Internet didn't exist sometimes, but then neither. Yeah, would our bad. show. would So I don't
1: know. That's true. Yeah, maybe still for for the best. <laughs> uh, I we we should we should wrap up this discussion just because we would just because of our schedule today. But uh, d- any other thoughts on this? Any other thoughts on cloud topic uh, I, cloud gaming? The only time I ever thought it was good was when I was
2: playing uh, Yakuza Zero at the beach, <laughs> like on my <laughs> backbone. <laughs> I was like, "This is insane that this is an option." Yes, yeah, uh, and and you know what what a, yeah what a value! Like it was just amazing. But um, you know. Uh, I I I don't think I, I I'm skeptical of it. I'm skeptical of cloud stuff just in general because it's you know, it, the day the internet goes down for whatever reason, uh, it's all it's all gone, all of it. Yeah. But you know every I'll, every time that I move, and I don't have internet for a day for some reason because like I hasn't happened to me it's the last couple times I've moved, but when I've moved in the past and didn't plan ahead and didn't have internet for like two days. The one thing that always helped me out was my DVDs and like my uh, Lord of the Rings DVD specifically. I'm like, oh, I have to kill a lot of time because I don't have Netflix? Yeah. I'm just going to watch all of Lord of the Rings. Um, so I, physical media, get back into it. I think it's a, I think it's a great idea just for everything, books, uh, movies, games, music, do what you got to do, but make sure you actually have your stuff. Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's. Shall we do a segment? Let's do it. Let's do I a have, segment. I have uh, uh, some games. I have a list of games right here, and Nick and Heather have to tell me
1: exactly how big they are. This is the size is right. So, this is, I, I'm, I'm, and I'm, I probably do it, I may be confused about what bigness is here. Are we talking about the length of the campaign or are we talking about the size of it on disk? We're talking about, yeah, file size. Okay. Uh,
3: <laughs> file size. What a strange segment. Okay, here we go.
2: <laughs> we did it once and everybody liked it um and because we've made our list of games our top 10 games last week some of these games are on those lists oh wow okay so these are games we're all pretty familiar with so let's see if you guys can tell me the file size for the last of
1: us on playstation 3 okay um And is this because it's called the size is right? I assume this is Price's right rules, where it's it's closest without going over. That's right. Okay. Ah, hmm. I don't want to go over. Yeah, go for it. Twenty
3: three point five gigabytes.
1: Okay, twenty three point five gigabytes on the board. Uh, I'll say twelve point one
2: gigs. Twelve point one gigs. Okay, Nick took the way under. Heather is closest. The answer is thirty gigabytes. Thirty gigabytes for The Last of Us on PlayStation Three, isn't that something?
1: Uh, that's wild. I thought it was a. There was a chance that it's you know it, it, it was one of those things that's smaller than you think just because of last gen assets. But yeah, it is. It is a very detail rich game. Now, is that from the the PS3 version? That's right. Wow. Um, what is the capacity of a of a of a uh, Blu-ray?
2: I don't know. Actually, It's kind of interesting to think about. Got to be close it? to the capacity. Yeah. I would think it, it was pushing it, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, how about this next one? All right, this next one, Kingdom Hearts Two. What are, one, one of the ones near and dear to me?
1: All right, so this game was on a DVD. Um, hmm. So that was like what? What was the DVD capacity? Six point four gigs, guess, something like that.
3: I'm gonna guess 650 megabytes.
1: Good guess. I think it had some, you know, some voice and some rendered cinematics there that that pushed it a little bit higher. Uh, But I won't just I won't just go one one dollar more. I'm going to guess I'm going to guess three point oh gigs even. And Heather, what did you say?
2: Six hundred fifty megabytes. Nick, I'm sorry to say that you went over. Damn. And Heather is closest yet again. Eight hundred and twenty eight megabytes. Wow. Okay, Under a gig. That's uh, two points for Heather. Uh, none for Nick, but still anyone's game. How about Great. this,
1: a game we all love, Disco Elysium. Soon we're doing Final Cut. Yeah, let's with go all go the final added cut. voiceover. Yeah. Okay. Um, I feel like this one is. I'm gonna say eleven gigs. Eleven gigs on the I feel board. Like it's bigger than that, but
3: I'm gonna say nine gigs.
2: Nine gigs. Unfortunately, two under Heather. The answer. 16.167 gigabytes. Wow, okay. Ow. It's on the board. All right. I'm gonna smoke a cigarette and do crank. Okay. celebration. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, how about how about this right here? Cuphead. What is the file size
1: for Cuphead? Hmm. Not a slight game, but not not too crazy. Yeah, gorgeous art. Uh, you know, like a, a great score. So, you know, but that's those, those, those aren't the Music files aren't necessarily the thing that's going to bloat your, your disc size all that much. Um, but it's also, this is tough. I think this one could be like sneaky small, like a little bit smaller than you think. I'm going to say four gigs. Okay, four gigs on the board. Heather, what do you think?
3: I'm going to say, I'm going to say something insane. I'm going to say one gig.
2: Heather is the closest without going over. Wow. It's one point nine gigabytes. Wow. Okay. Wow. So it is a, a reasonably small game by modern standards. Yeah, pretty small. Wow. Um, here's a
1: here's a not small game. Okay. Baldur's Gate three. I, I should know this one. I definitely had a clear hard drive space to download it. Uh, and I I think and I think it's gotten bigger from the, you know, all the the updates that it's gotten. But I don't I know can... what it's at currently. Heather's got a guess. I... I can go first
3: if you want to Yeah, go for it. 160 gigs.
1: <laughs> 160 on the board. Uh, let's see. I mean, I've got I've got a 500 gig solid state drive in my PC, and I don't think it's occupying, you know, what, like 40% of it. I don't I don't think it's that much. I don't think it's that big, but it is big. Uh, I'm just going to cut that guess in half and say 80 gigs. Heather went over. The
2: answer for general new system requirements for this game, if you're installing on PC, 150 gigs. Wow. Ugh,
3: I almost said 150.
2: 150 gigs. On PlayStation 5, it varies, uh, but it's still over 100. Big, chunky guy. Big, that's chunky a, guy. It's a huge game. Uh, so now, look what Daddy did. Oh, God. A big chunky guy. Where did we just talk about that? On that, the podcast. Okay. <laughs> I forgot. I was like, Another I hate hearing the podcast we recorded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay, last one. Mm. So- what's, the, what's the score right now? It is two. You have two. Heather has three. Okay. So we could either tie it up or Heather could uh you know roll ahead here. Or we both go over. Or we or we both go over, and then then Heather's the winner. Okay, got. There are three outcomes. Sonic the Hedgehog 2.
1: What is the file size of Sonic the Hedgehog 2? What was the capacity of a, of a Genesis cartridge? Because it was one of those things where it was in megabits, not megabytes, right? So, like, this is, like, this is one of those games where it, it seems to be shockingly small. Um, I'm going to guess 128K.
3: Oh, my God. I'm going to guess one megabyte.
2: 128K? one megabyte, the answer, 50, 50 MB. the megabytes? Technology. Wait, but, is
1: that, but that's, that's megabits, right? Not I think megabytes. It must, it must be megabits. This is p- according to my research. So what does megabits translate to in terms of K? Okay, he's trying to get K in here. Or yeah. in terms of megabytes. Because that, that de- Heather's definitely going to be over if it's megabits, right? But see,
2: then this is the thing. I'm seeing here 55.38 MB. No uh, way.
3: That's huge.
2: But it's not specifying I'm... what version is the thing. There's so many versions of it. It could be It could be Sonic the Hedgehog 2 for the DS or something, you know?
1: Okay. Which uses the block system. Well, this calculator I have, what was your guess, Heather? One megabyte. Okay, so I think you actually do get this. Because one megabit is an eighth of a megabyte. So... That's about six megabytes total. If, if we're if we're talking about fifty megabits, wow! So Heather takes it, and Heather's our winner. Congrats, Heather! Of the price, oops.
2: I mean, the size is right. Yeah, let's not get sued. <laughs> no, no, the size is right. That's it. That's it.
1: We can't do that. Right? Don't. Can I get a? Can I get like an eighth of a second of a fail horn for losing? I right, <laughs> Uh, that's this week's Get Played. Our producer is Michelle Chen. You can check out her on social media, yard underscore underscore sard. Our music is by Ben Prunty, Ben Our art is by Duck Brigade Design, duckbrigade.com. And check out our paywall uh, on our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Get Played. We have our full back catalog of played episodes available there. Everything before our affiliation with Headgum, as well as our show Get Animated, where we are continuing our watch of Pluto.
3: Yeah, that's right. And I think this week. We are uh, talking about episode five of Pluto. I, Is that right? I think it's four. Four. Ah, four. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> All right. Well, we're talking about episode four of Pluto on our uh, our Get Animated Sister podcast. It's available at patreon.com slash getplayed. It's where you can listen to that. Um, it's a, I don't know. It's a fun show. It's, it's neat to hear us talk about anime. We have a good time. I sure
1: I sure like talking about anime and I sure like talking about the show with the two of you.
3: Yeah. And some of the yeah, listeners the of show. uh Get Animated don't even watch the shows. Uh they just come to listen to us talk about them.
2: And that's nice and we love that. Yeah. And guys, hmm, I think the cloud got played. What do you think about that? Yeah, wow. the
3: cloud got played which eventually means we will get played.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>